gonna be just like senior year, except for funner. Hey everyone, I'm Kendra. And I'm Rosethis, and this week we're talking about the star-studded movie about the loveliest day of the year, Valentine's Day. By the way, happy Valentine's Day weekend to all the lovers out there. Whether you're single or in a relationship, we hope you have a wonderful Valentine's Day. But let's kick it off with the Celebrity Crush of the Week. Mercedes, who are you crushing on this week? Oh my goodness. So I feel like I briefly mentioned my crush on Nico Haraga in our last episode, but I want to really give him credit. (laughs) If you don't know who Nico Haraga is, (laughs) since this is a Valentine's Day episode, you know. Yes, exactly. (laughs) He's a skater slash actor. And I just adore him. He's based in San Francisco. I love watching his skate videos. He has perfect hair, perfect face. He looks like just like a joy to be around. So yeah, he's my crush of the week. How about you? It's so funny, Marissa. Is I feel like he's gonna be your crush of the year. We should change the segment to who is your celebrity crush Honestly, of the year. You it's just gonna love be it. a it's gonna be a challenge not to say him every week. <laughs> yes. But I'm trying my best. <laughs> there you go. Um, Drake. Uh, Drake is my everything and it's such a problem (laughs) because he keeps letting me down (laughs) but Drake is my celebrity crush of the week I just did a road trip across Ireland I'm currently um, in Westport Ireland right now and I did a road trip this morning and I was just bumming Drake the whole time just like this guy love it even with a kid I'm like yes (laughs) (laughs) he's my fellow Scorpio Yes, exactly. I think that's what it is. As a Taurus, I'm just attracted to Scorpios. Mm-hmm. But Mercedes, I want to know, what is your favorite Valentine's Day memory, just in honor of the of the of this week's episode theme? Oh, my goodness. So my favorite Valentine's Day memory has nothing to do with anything romantic, actually. It was okay. um, Valentine's Day 2020, which is surprising to have a good memory from 2020, but it was a month before the chaos started. Yeah. And... It was, um, yeah, I spent the day with two friends who were visiting the city. I was in New York and we took the whole day just like shop and hang out, eat cupcakes, whatever. And then later that evening, I went to uh, the Village East Cinema, which is like one of my favorite movie theaters. And I saw Casablanca and they show it every year on Valentine's Day. And this was my second time going. And this time I went with my two roommates who are two of my closest friends. And it was so exciting because... I honestly don't think they had seen it before. So I was showing them this new movie. And then we went to Brooklyn for a Harry Styles Valentine's Day night. So naturally, it was just One Direction, Harry Styles dance party. It was so much fun. We were like, we need to, there was, there were all these disco balls everywhere. So we were like, we need to buy a disco ball for the apartment. And we're like, yes, this is the best idea ever. (laughs) And it was so much fun. And it's just like, I don't know. I love Valentine's Day because of like the colors and like obviously rom-coms. Like it's just such a lovely day. And I just had the best friendship day. How about you? Do you have a good It sounds like you had a successful Galentine's Day. So that's it. It was great. It was great. How about you? Oh, gosh. Okay, so I am a creature of habit. I do the same thing every Valentine's Day. I go and get a massage. I go um, to a fancy dinner by myself. Sometimes I'll go to, like, Morton Steakhouse, or I'll always go to, like, some really expensive restaurant that I can't afford. Uh, And then I take myself to the movies. So I spend Valentine's Day alone, but alone doing nice things for myself. Um, Yeah, self-love Valentine's Day. Yeah, I will say I get sad. But <laughs> it's still like a way to occupy my mind and just be like, you know what? I'm not going to sit at home and watch everyone else's Instagram stories going out on Valentine's Day. I'm going to go out on Valentine's Day. So screw everyone. <laughs> yeah, I've never had a mopey Valentine's Day. For some reason, I always feel like I'm busy doing something and it's usually going to go see movies. Movies is a great Valentine's Day thing. It is. Absolutely. But I also feel like as a hopeless romantic, my heart is like rejuvenated on Valentine's Day, but also like breaks a little bit too. It's like a, Ooh. it's like a both things. It's a war against each other. 
It's very interesting. All right, guys, we're going to jump into TLDR. This is where we recap the movie for anyone who has not seen it. This is available to watch on HBO Max. Now, this is your classic ensemble piece with so many big names. And as you suspected, uh, this movie takes place in L.A. on Valentine's Day. And I'm just going to use the actors' names because it's not like you guys remember any of the characters' names anyways. <laughs> so we're introduced to Ashton Kutcher, uh, who plays a florist in the film, who wakes up in the morning and proposes to his girlfriend, played by Jessica Alba, who accepts, which seems to be a total shock to everyone in his life, especially his closest friends, played by George Lopez and Jennifer Garner. Now, what didn't come as a surprise was how hard Jennifer Garner, who plays a fifth-grade teacher, falls for the handsome doctor, always the doctors, um, played by Patrick Dempsey. The day seems to be going completely smoothly, even with Topher Grace and Anne Hathaway waking up together in bed, and Bradley Cooper and Julia Roberts having their own little meet-cute moment on, the, on a flight <laughs> back to L.A. And then all hell breaks loose when Ashton Kutcher learns that Jennifer Garner's new boyfriend is married. Oh. As the movie progresses, Ashton tries to find a way to tell Jennifer without hurting her, all while Jessica Alba is having second thoughts about their engagement until she ultimately decides to end it. But I feel like it's totally fine because the day isn't completely ruined especially with Emma Roberts, who plays a high school student who is dead set on losing her virginity to her boyfriend, Hector Elizondo and Shirley MacLaine, who are set to renew their vows, and Jessica Biel, a publicist who just wants everyone to hate Valentine's Day as much as she does. To make matters worse, the seemingly happy Topher Grace and Anne Hathaway have a falling out once he learns that she's an adult phone entertainer, and Eric Dane, who is a pro football player, is basically like play, contemplating the end of his career. Worlds collide when we learn that Julia Roberts is the daughter of Hector and Shirley, who is also the mother of Edison, played by Bryce Robinson, who is nanny by Emma Roberts, whose boyfriend works at the restaurant where Jessica Biel is having her I Hate Valentine's Day party, where she starts to have feelings for Jamie Foxx, and we learn is also good friends with Jennifer Gardner, who realizes she loves Ashton Kutcher, who longs to have the relationship that George Lopez and his wife have. And then Eric Dane comes out as gay, and he and Bradley Cooper are in a relationship. And then randomly, Topher decides that he needs to be more open-minded when it comes to Anne Hathaway's career. <sighs> this plotline is a mess, so this TLDR was a mess, <laughs> so thank you for bearing with me. Uh, but like I said, this is a star-studded cast, some honorable mentions, uh, Queen Latifah, Taylor Lautner, Taylor Swift, uh, Patrick Dempsey again, just everyone is in this movie. This is a 2010 film directed by the late, great Gary Marshall, who passed away in 2016. Rest in peace. But he was also known for directing some of your favorites, like The Princess Diaries 1 and 2, Never Been Kissed, Pretty Woman, Runaway Bride, and so much more. Now, Mercedes, I'm curious, like, what are some fun facts you have about this movie? Because oh I have a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to hear yours. I think there's a lot to critique about this movie you know yeah. but I think it's also important to talk about how it is like an awesome cultural artifact of 2010 like it is the sign of the times it's an ensemble all ensemble films like really highlight what trends were happening who was famous at the time like mm -hmm. in a really specific way we're seeing which celebrities were really popular we're seeing which technology they had in 2010 what slang mm -hmm. they were using what the fashion looked like so it's just like this great token of pop culture that's really special plus we're seeing all of gary marshall's favorites and a lot of these people aren't acting really anymore like taylor lautner hasn't been in a lot lately jessica biel isn't really she mainly produces now jessica mm -hmm. alba is really focused on her beauty brand honest so you're not yeah. really seeing a lot of these people anymore like you did in the early 2000s early 2010s yeah. So that's what I find special about this within all the cringe. So go off. Tell me all of yours. <laughs> so I did not like this movie. I'm just going to flat out say yeah. that. I did not like this movie. I thought I mean, it, it was yeah. 
Yeah, I thought it was just like really reaching. It was really trying to be like a Love Actually or another ensemble piece. It actually does it successfully. And this movie did not do it successfully. Uh, but I did think it was interesting, you know, just knowing Gary Marshall is the director of Princess Diaries 1 and 2. I just want to list all of the actors that are in the Princess Diaries 2 that are also in this movie. So obviously you have Anne Hathaway and Hector Elizondo, but also Charlotte from the Princess Diaries 2 is Ashton's co-worker at the floral okay. shop. Okay. Did you also know that's Gary Marshall's daughter? Oh, it's his daughter. Yeah. I thought it was his wife. Oh, no. no, no. <laughs> that's his daughter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Makes so much sense. Thank you, Mercedes. I was trying to figure it out because they had the same last name. I was like, hey, Marshall's yeah. like a popular last name, but I didn't. I didn't know. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> so, okay. So Topher Grace goes to see a movie in the Hollywood Cemetery with a friend. And then that friend is part of like the, he's in the wedding scene in Parliament. Where he's like, uh, you're not in Parliament. Sit down. You know that line from the Princess Diaries <laughs> too. Um, the guy behind the ticket desk at the airport who Ashton is trying to convince to, you know, get through the airport security yeah. is Mia's hairstylist. And then Jamie Foxx's cameraman who interviews Taylor Lautner and Taylor Swift during their track meet is Captain Kit Kelly, who is like the prettiest girl's oh, ride he's in the day. No, he's the yeller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I knew I recognized him. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. And then also at the end, when Jamie Foxx and Jessica Biel are kissing, spoiler alert, the woman sitting next to the camera guy is one of the, you know, the maids in the movie, the Br- oh, the Brigitte dancing and Brigitte. One, the dancing one, yeah. The dancing ones, the tap dancing ones. Yeah. So that's one of them. And then lastly, there's a girl in a wheelchair in the security line when Ashton leaves his shoes at security. Oh, yeah. And she's one of the princesses at Mia's sleepover. And I feel like only I would notice all this because I've literally seen the Princess Diaries 2 a million times. Oh, it's <laughs> so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. I also learned, too, that, okay, Julia Roberts makes bank, obviously, right? Because she's totally. Julia Roberts. She made $11,952 for each word that she said in this movie. Oh, my God. She said 251 words, which is about $3 million for this film. Shut up. Can you imagine? Imagine. To get paid almost twelve grand for speaking words? Literally. (laughs) And then also, too, this is one of the largest ensemble cast in Hollywood history, which I think is really impressive because we've seen a lot of ensemble movies. You know, he's just not that into you. Love actually, but this is one of the largest ones. Like so many heavy hitter names, and I just absolutely love that. And I also feel like this movie is is one of the things that makes this movie special, if I could even say that, because yeah. there are a lot of things that be not very special. <laughs> um, was the fact that this was a movie where Taylor Swift and Taylor Lautner met and gave us some of Taylor's best songs, like Back to December. Oh my God! Yeah, that Taylor Squared played a huge, like, made such an impact on me as a middle schooler. Yeah, so important to me. I love, like, I watched this movie specifically to see them, like, be in yeah. love. Yeah, oh, see them falling in love. That's so, that's yeah. so amazing. It's just like watching like Step Up with Channing Tatum it, and oh, Joe Dawn. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. You get it. You get me. You get it exactly. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to Time Capsule. This is where we recall what we were doing at the time that this movie came out. So this was 2010, Mercedes. Where were you? What were you doing? Oh, my goodness. So I was in eighth grade, and I actually do remember when I saw this for the first time. I never saw it in theaters, but that May of eighth grade, right at the end of my Mm -hmm. final year of middle school, I had to get knee surgery because of a basketball injury, and I spent a whole week off of school. So my dad was like, I'm going to rent you three movies from Netflix, whatever you want, you get to choose. And I was like, okay, I'm choosing Valentine's Day, 500 Days of Summer, and Paper Heart. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. I basically, (laughs) it's a random collection of love, but (laughs) I love them. And I basically just binged those on rotation for the whole week. And I remember 
having like going in and out of naps during recovery mm. and valentine's day was one of those dvds that would just replay like it wouldn't just go back to the menu like it, if you didn't click anything else it would just play again yeah. so i kept waking up at the same scene of jennifer garner smashing that pinata so yeah. i think that i'm probably unintentionally like the audience member who has seen this movie the most like actively. wow okay just i'm impressed yeah. I'm also very impressed by the fact that you had surgery and you were in pain and you chose love to help heal always. your pain. Always, that always. What were you doing <laughs> in 2010? So I was a senior in high school and this movie came out in February and that was around the time that I was waiting for my college acceptance letters. So, oh my gosh, yeah. such an exciting time. It was an exciting time, but also hard because I was just so done with school, Mercedes. I was like mm-hmm. wearing sweatpants every single day. I'd go home. Like for lunch, right at when the school bell rang, I would just go home. I was just done. I didn't want to be at school. I didn't want to be around anyone. I was just like, get me to college and get me out of here. (laughs) I'm just from a very small town and I was just tired of the people and tired of being teased all the time. And so I had gotten, this movie came out exactly a month before I found out I got into Syracuse. But I never saw it. When I I watched it for this episode and that was my very first time seeing it. So I wonder if I'd have a different reaction if I saw it back then. Yeah, I I think seeing it as a 14-year-old, I probably enjoyed it a lot more then, but mainly like I was watching it for Taylor Lautner. At that time I had a crush. I went to a school that was middle school and high school combined. So oh I could God. see like upper schoolers and like have crushes on them as a middle schooler, which I loved. Mm-hmm. So I had a major crush on this 10th grader who in my eyes looked like Taylor Lautner. He played soccer, so I loved him. He was very quiet, <laughs> and yeah. like I just, I adored him from afar, and it was such a major crush for me that like when I think of this movie and I think of that time, I automatically think of him just because of how much I related him to Taylor Lautner, and then just like 2010 being the year that that crush like happened for me, mm-hmm. and this was such an awkward time for me too. Like my eyebrows looked so horrendous, <laughs> and I just got in contact. So I had a glasses tan like from my glasses for so many years. So it was just a geeky time. So and I I think that's when I really got into watching movies a lot because I wanted to dive deep into other people's stories. Escape. Absolutely. Oh gosh, 2010. I had a my whole senior year, I had the biggest crush on this guy named Will Story. I don't know if he's ever going to listen to this, but Will Story, you probably know. I had the biggest crush on him. <laughs> I asked him to prom at the end of the year. That did not go well. It did not go well. So he parked in the same spot every single day. So I parked next to him and I put a sign on both of our cars. And I was like, well, you go to prom with me and... I, I definitely went to prom by myself that year. <laughs> I went to prom by myself senior year, too. Yeah, yeah. It was rough. It was rough in these streets. But yeah, Will Story <laughs> was like, I just had the big, I don't know what it was. I just loved how artistic he was. And he was nice, too. I just, yeah, he was my crush my senior year. And Will Story. Will Story. I have a story about Will Story. <laughs> Ooh, promposals are scary. They are. They are very scary. And I will say I haven't had one go right just yet, but I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to keep trying. In my in my thirties, and we keep trying. Hell yeah! <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to the rom com Hall of Fame. But yeah. first, of course, we gotta roast this movie, Mercedes. There's a lot that does not land with this movie and does not age well. So I would yeah. love to hear what your roast is. Okay, so overall, all like most of these jokes did not age well. Like if you're, if, and on, honestly, didn't even land then. Like we're not funny. 
there's a lot of cultural jokes. There's a lot of cultural appropriation. There's a lot of gay jokes. And across the board, it makes it a double cringe watch because you're already watching something that doesn't feel really paced out in a great way. And then you're yeah. like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a painful one. And it's just like the whitest ensemble. And like, this is such a huge cast. Like, why is everyone white? This isn't a family. This is like a random groups of people in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. This is one of the most diverse cities in the country. In like, the are country. you crazy? Okay, but I will say, though, Mercedes, the the settings of this movie are not very diverse. So it's like in Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. in Venice, like those are all very rich. Like this whole this whole area, in like Santa Monica, those mm-hmm. are very rich, upper class, like white places to live. Yeah. And I just thought that was so funny because one of the things I was like, this is so unrealistic. I don't believe, I don't care how successful of a florist you are. I do not believe that you and like Ashton Kutcher and whatever Jessica Biel did in the movie can afford a house right on the Venice Canals. I was just there like last week. Those are multi-million dollar homes. And like I said, I don't care how successful you are as a florist. You are not living right on the Venice Canals. That is just not No, not even, not even in 2010. Like, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Also, okay, this might be a per- personal thing, but okay. proposing on Valentine's Day is a criminal offense. I'm sorry. <laughs> it <What>? is. <laughs> it is. I apologize to anyone out there who likes that, but engagement should be a standalone day, a day that you remember yeah, yeah, yeah. on its own. And I just can't support it. Like, I don't blame Jessica Alba for, like, not wanting this at all. I just think any firsts, like, should be separate from Valentine's Day because any first that happens on Valentine's Day, no matter what it is, it just... I don't know, like, do you want that memory implanted on you for the rest of your years? Like, this is an ongoing holiday. It's going to come around all the time. What if something goes wrong and you just have this annual awful reminder? I would hate that. Oh, God. Mercedes, is there something you'd like to share with us? It sounds like you've had a <laughs> awful thing no. happen on a holiday. <laughs> no, I haven't. But I always, anytime I see a proposal on a major holiday on social media, I'm like, why would you do this? Like, <laughs> why? Because what if something goes wrong? I'm. I think I'm just... I have so much anxiety that I'm just like, I'm always thinking of the what if of going wrong. So I'm like, no, we are not. We are not going to risk that. Do you dream about how you're going to be proposed to? Yeah, I have a whole plan. <laughs> can, can I hear about it? Can you share? <laughs> um. Okay, so I wanted to be at Riverside Park in New York at the 91st Street Garden. It's called The Garden People. And you might remember it from the last scene in You've Got Mail. That's where Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan meet up. And I want it to be there. And then I want a specific One Direction song to play. But I will not reveal. Mm. To be a surprise. Do you have an idea? Okay. Uh, well, first, I just want to make sure that Mercedes' future husband, you are listening to this and you take note because that is very <laughs> important. I don't have a specific way I want to get proposed to, but I don't want to have a wedding. But I do want to elope at Ashford Castle here in Ireland. Yeah. It's like uh, 30 minutes from where I'm staying right now. And I just want it to be me and my husband and then my really good friend Zoe and her family. And that's literally it. I love <laughs> And then I love my, my childhood priest officiating the, the wedding. But yeah. yeah, I just want to elope at this pretty estate with my gorgeous gown and just like have a very small, small wedding party. <laughs> Beautiful. I think about that. I also want to say my mm-hmm. proposal has to be like a very private occasion. I don't want a bunch of yeah. my friends and family there. Yeah, exactly. I don't want a huge thing. I don't want all these strangers there. I don't want you to do in the middle. Like, no, it needs to be just you and I because it's a very personal thing. Exactly. Okay, I do have one more rose for this. Um, Do you remember that scene where like this woman comes in 
and asked for flowers and the florist could not understand her. And he was like, does anyone speak English with a Bulgarian accent? And then he was like, you should speak English. I had to learn English when I came to this country. This was obviously before Trump, but that really did not age well. I was yeah. like, oh, you should. Totally she's don't. literally speaking English. Just because you can't understand her doesn't mean she's not speaking English. <laughs> there were a lot of like immigration jokes, too, because George Lopez made a couple, too, that I was just like, why is this in here? Yeah. And that was confusing. <laughs> also, I think like the biggest roast, like overall that I have, other than like all of the cultural appropriation <laughs> in this movie <laughs> and just like the cultural issues is the time pacing. Like mm. this happens in one day. And I think that's probably the problem with this ensemble movie. Like a lot of the movies we see, like Love Actually, he's just not that into you. These are happening mm. over the course of like a few days, at least like mm. weeks. Yeah. And this is all one day and you're dreaming like 30 different storylines into one day. Like that's the chaos of it. Like, I don't know how they all have time to live. Like, how are yeah. you meeting up with your friends and then going to dinner and then catching a flight and then coming back and then doing this? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It's crazy. You are 100% accurate. Also, to have so many realizations about your feelings for people all in the span of one day. Like, sometimes you need oh to just God. think about, like, Jessica Alba all of a sudden is like, you know what? I don't want to be with him. And then Jennifer Garner is like, you know what? I love Ashton Kutcher. And then Ashton Kutcher is like, you know what? I love Jennifer <laughs> Garner. Like, so many emotions. And then, like, even with Emma Roberts' character, like, you know what? I don't want to have sex. Just so many things realized in the span of one day. So I think you're right. Yeah, the, the timing and the pacing is very off for this movie and i think that's why i couldn't jive with it i just couldn't follow along i was like what is happening then also too it's hard to watch a movie that takes place in the city that you live that also mirrors your life and not critique it right so i used to work at a talent literary agency which is exactly like topher grace and anne hathaway in this movie and i just i used to work for a queen latifah but 10 times worse than (laughs) than her character and i just feel like if my boss caught me having phone sex Oh my on god. his line at his office oh my god fire you you, no it's not even that i would never work in this industry again it's like i would get yeah. fired but he would make sure i never worked in this industry again like it was it's yeah. ridiculous and queen latif was just so cool with it like and like she's in a cubicle <laughs> out in the open talking even if she wasn't on the same line like you have neighbors <laughs> like exactly. you're in an open room <laughs> yeah if you've ever been in an agency all assistants sit right next to each other kind of like in a row of desks and there's no dividers everyone just sits right next to each other everyone is in each other's businesses it's just the agents that have their own like separate offices so yeah you're very out the open and i just i don't know it was very hard for me to like look at that and just remember my my agency days <laughs> and how unlikely all of that playing out would have happened <laughs> oh gosh mercedes tell me about your favorite quote from this movie. Okay, so as I said, I watched this movie mainly for Taylor and Taylor. So my favorite quote comes when they're being interviewed by the news. And it's, she's like telling the story of how they met and like how they got together. And she's like, yeah, he kept like putting spit wads into my hair, whatever. And then one had a note and then it said like, what's up? And then I was like, oh my God, that's so sweet. And then Taylor Otter runs up and he's, the, 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 my favorite quote is. Did tell you the spit wad story? Yes, yeah, she did. Yeah, she's mushy like that. <laughs> he's like, what if, this is disgusting, but I love it so much. It's <laughs> absolutely disgusting. Oh my gosh. Mine happened like right in the beginning of the movie because Jennifer Gardner's character is talking to Patrick Dempsey and he's just saying something about like, you know, What's so wrong with like Valentine's Day or something along those lines? Oh, yeah, yeah. And the line she says is It's the universe saying, look, remember when you were 14 and you had cystic acne and braces and you played the saxophone in the marching band and no one would invite you to the winter formal? Well, nothing's changed. And I was just like, oof, that is, 
That is so true. That's very accurate. A little too close to home there, Jennifer. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But one of the most cringiest lines in this movie was during uh, Eric Dane's press conference. And he goes, I'm gay and I'm going to play. I just was like, that's the sound I made. I was like, (laughs) I rewatched this like after watching the new Euphoria, uh, do you know how unsettling it is to see all these things go back and forth? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, wait, that is Eric Dane, his dad. And oh, wow, he's aged really well. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> I his just, character hurts <laughs> to think. I know. Why did I just make that connection? It's because he's so much older in Euphoria, because, and he's so yeah. much younger. Oh my gosh, I just made that connection. Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if this movie popped up on your Tinder feed, would you swipe left or swipe right? I'm sadly swiping left. I feel so bad because I love Gary Marshall and I'm such a Marshall family stan, but I just I can't. I can't. Okay, I'm swiping left as well, but I feel like it's because the only people in this movie I would swipe right on are Bradley Cooper and Eric Dane. And they made it very clear that they don't play for my team. So (laughs) and their story was so, so brief chaotically brief (laughs) yeah i know i wanted more because there was like at the end he's like you came back it's like well where did he go where also where are they flying back from that they're both on like a 17 hour flight to los angeles because the the longest flight in history is australia to los angeles sydney to los angeles and i think that's like 17 hours the travel star she knows all the flight times guys i know all the flight facts But now, guys, we're going to jump into couples therapy. This is just a chance for Mercedes and I to give some dating advice to the couples in order to make their relationships last longer. There are a lot of couples, obviously, in this movie. Yeah. Uh, but just focusing on the main one, which I feel like are Ashton and Jennifer, what advice do you have for them? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so Ashton and Jessica Alba, first of all, mm-hmm. such a one-sided relationship i was left wondering like how long were they even together because their life plans did not seem well discussed at all he is going off about like oh we're gonna have three kids a dog blah 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 like we're gonna live in this house and she just seems so shocked that i'm like how can you be ready to propose to somebody when you have not talked about these things in great detail and really prepared yourselves for a future together like they are looking in two separate directions and he is really just I feel like he really idealizes her as like this beacon of like marriage and future yeah and that just like kind of ruined it from the beginning like the fact that all your friends know that it's not gonna go well and like surprised when she does say yes and then being like well i told you so i just can't like how can you be so i don't know in the dark about all that like in such denial and i don't know so that's that's my main gripe i just feel like if i were to give advice to ashen kutcher's character it would be to learn to read the room like to learn to gauge someone's feelings and emotion. And I feel like sometimes that stems from a lack of empathy that mainly men tend to have. They just like to be kind of in their own world, in their own brain. And as someone who loves to fantasize, you really have to find a balance between fantasizing and coming back down to earth, right? So exactly what you were saying, Mercedes, about, you know, oh, we're gonna have three kids and a dog and everything. It's like, okay, but when did you discuss that? Did you just decide that for both of you guys? Because it's not seeming like Jessica's path is the same as yours. And so yeah. just want to make sure you learn how to, like, read someone's body language and read someone's, like, their tone of voice and everything because you will understand them so much better. So my advice to Ashton specifically is to come back down to earth. Come join the rest yeah. of us over here. And then 
for Jennifer, I just feel like it's always so hard to know when to listen to your friends and when not to listen to your friends. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if one of your best friends is running through an airport to tell you that the guy that you're in love with is married, you need to listen to that friend because that just seems like a lot of effort for them to go through just to do something in spite of you. And also you need to realize like your friends are not your enemies, and especially in this case, right? Ashton has no reason to try to sabotage her relationship. And it just seems like she's like, oh, I'm going to go. No, you're you're wrong. That's not true. Why would he lie about that? Like, <laughs> exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Also, like, she just stressed me out so much here. Mm. It, this whole movie, because she's all over the place. She has the busiest day out of anyone. In the movie. <laughs> she <laughs> is teaching a whole class of children. She <laughs> has time to visit Ashton Kutcher after, like, spending the night with Patrick Dempsey. And, like, mm. oh, they meet up, like, multiple times, her and Ashton. She has time to fly to San Francisco and back, which I know is not a... F- as a long flight but still like going through security like really (laughs) like all these things she sabotages patrick dempsey's dinner with his wife she still gets to attend jessica beale's valentine i hate valentine's day party she her student professes his love to her and which is such a strange scene (laughs) and then like still has time to drive over and make out with ashton kutcher on a a venice canal like are you serious like where did she find the time Yeah, I would say my advice for her is, like, use discernment, honestly. In relationships, especially, you need to use good discernment. Like, learn when to listen to your friends, when not to listen to them, but also just, like, really understand that the people around you are are there and they love you and they're there to support you. And so take everything that they say to heart. I feel like there's so much more advice we could give. I just, I did want to add one more thing um, about Emma and Carter. I just feel like I'm really happy that Emma decided that she wanted to wait to have sex with her boyfriend. And I think my advice for her would just be like, you know, always follow your gut. If something doesn't feel right, don't do it. Don't do anything out of pressure. If you can't, if you can help it, don't do it. Don't act out of pressure. Don't force anything, especially when it comes to love. It should be special. It should be natural. So I just hope that she continues to use her voice in her future relationships. Yeah. And an experience like that, the main priorities are that you're comfortable and Mm -hmm. that you're safe and that it's consensual so <laughs> like those yes. are the main things that you need to be reminded of and if at any time you feel unsure you mm-hmm. nix it so that was really good for her to be like aware of those emotions also yeah. i do want to say a positive that i do really kind of like jessica Beale and jamie fox's love story here because i think there's something so endearing about two cynics finding love on valentine's day because (laughs) they're both bonded over like being grouchy workaholics and Mm. then something really sweet comes out of it that i think is actually like really pure and like precious Mm -hmm. and something that like you don't see coming because i think a lot of like valentine's day hater storylines can be like they actually accidentally fall uh, like end up falling for like someone who's like so romantic Mm-hmm. And here it's like two people who truly hate the holiday falling in love. And I'm like, that's sweet. And I mean, it's not like a really etched out arc, but it yeah. is like cute to see. I thought what was really cute was actually uh, Hector and Shirley's storyline. Just about yeah. how, what, like, how much they still love each other after all of this time. And I think like, you know, they've been together for 25 years. And I think, yeah, Shirley made a mistake by having an affair. And not telling you about it. But I think my advice for them would be, like, don't throw away 25 years of marriage down the drain for a fleeting moment. You know, 
really practice forgiveness. It is the hardest thing I think we as humans can do is to forgive because forgiveness is not accepting what the person did or saying that it was okay what you did, but it's, it's recognizing that they hurt you and, and, and forgiving them and moving on. And so I just really want them to continue to practice forgiveness in their relationship. Kendra with the wisdom once again. <laughs> also, interesting when they go to see her movie playing, um, like the whole Valentine's Day movie event, they're watching mm-hmm. Hot Spell, which I don't know if you've seen it, but she Shirley MacLaine is in it. And it's a movie about infidelity, which is an interesting <laughs> choice. For a Valentine's Day movie pick. (laughs) Yeah, I have not seen it. I didn't know that was a real movie. I thought it was just another Hollywood trick, but now I'm going to have to go watch it. (laughs) There you go. Um, And then I think, okay, so the last couple I feel like we should give advice to Mercedes are Ann and Topher. I just feel like, to me, it's a big red flag how quickly he was just like, I'm out. This is weird. I'm done. Like, that's that was really fast. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I just feel like it's a red flag. And I would say personally to him, like, while what he did was really cute, run, girl, run. Dude, yeah. Also, like, they're calling it a relationship after two weeks. That's chaotic. And I don't know, like, when the foundation of your commitment is miscommunication and judgment, like, he totally judged her. Like, right off the bat, not giving her any time to, like, give reasoning for anything, which, I mean, she doesn't have to offer reasoning to anyone if she doesn't want to. But still, like, it just does not seem like a good match because he's immediately intimidated intimidated by her from the beginning. Yeah. And Anne Hathaway just needs somebody who is confident and loves her <laughs> forever. My favorite meme is a picture of Anne Hathaway from like 2005 and now. And her looking exactly the same. The meme is like, this is what happens. This is how you age when you're not problematic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we love Anne. We're just like Gary Marshall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, what do you think? All of these people, like, there's so many, but we can focus specifically specifically on Ash and Jennifer. What do you feel like their love languages are? What do you, what do you yeah. think they give and what do you think they receive? So Ashton is definitely gift-giving. And mm-hmm. you can see the joy his job brings him because mm-hmm. that's what he gets to do. And that's, like, what the whole core of, like, a flower shop really is, is yeah. giving those. And, but... I do think he needs quality time. And interesting enough, Jennifer Garner, I think, gives quality time. Look how quick she was to fly to Patrick Dempsey, you know, like that's just for like a night with him and to spend the holiday with him. But I do think she needs words of affirmation because she really does need like that type of validation. I think she's really unsure in a lot of these actions. And but overall, like this is a holiday movie. So the whole theme of this is gift giving, I think. (laughs) Exactly. I like I said that, too. I feel like Ashton's love language that he gives is gift giving because his entire career is giving things to people, giving flowers to people. Um, But I actually think he's the one who needs words of affirmation. Like he needs that validation. And I think he also does need quality time, which you're right. Jennifer does give because there was this line where they talk about how she's the one who goes to see bad movies with him when Jessica yeah. Alba doesn't want to. And it's like, that's quality time that they really enjoy together and that they both need. And so, um, yeah, gift giving quality time, words of affirmation, the whole nine yards, everything. It's also interesting to me that there's so much gift giving in this movie, obviously, because it's a holiday ensemble, mm-hmm. but uh, the gifts are bad. 
(laughs) And like, there's so, I don't know. I'm somebody who like needs something very personal when it comes to a gift. So when I Mm -hmm. see these like impersonal cliche Valentine's Day gifts, I'm like, okay, whatever. Like the most personal gift is the one Topher Grace gives Anne Hathaway and he bugs me in this movie. (laughs) So I'm like, great. This sweet card for this annoying Mm -hmm. person. Okay, well, Mercedes, now you have to share. What's the what's the best gift you've ever received? Oh, my goodness. I, like, ever, like, across the board, any gift? Across the board, any gift, whether it's birthday, oh Christmas, okay. someone just giving you something. So, <laughs> this is going to sound so strange. My best friend, Ro, who is based in Ireland, mailed me. It's called a potato parcel. And she's, they're literal, they're real potatoes. You can't eat them, mm-hmm. though. And on them, they had like photos. They like screen printed photos on it of, on one photo is Michael D., the president of Ireland, who, if you don't know, is my favorite human on earth. Oh, like him. <laughs> I adore him. <laughs> I'm obsessed with him. And the other one had Danny DeVito. And together, those two are two special people. And then it had, like, messages written to, to like, from her that they, like, wrote on the back of the potatoes. And then in the box, it was just filled with all, like, my favorite candy, like, Swedish fish and all those Aww. things. And raisinets. And it was just really sweet and, like, so random. And it was for a birthday gift. And it was just hilarious. And I'll never forget it. I love that. That is so sweet. Oh. Well, hmm. I think, yeah, now see, I'm trying to think about the best gift. It's I hard think, to think. Yeah, It's hard to think, okay, I don't want to offend anyone who's giving me a gift and they thought that like that was the best gift I've ever received. I'm just thinking very recently, I was uh, talking to my friend Kelly, just telling her how I haven't gotten a present for Christmas in a really long time because I don't go home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just telling her how much that kind of sucks because... All you do on social media is like see people spending the holidays with their family. And I usually travel for Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I just haven't had a proper Christmas in a really long time. And she was like, oh, well, Kendra, I got you a present. She gave me this whole goodie bag with like mask and facial scrubs and a candle, like a head scratch and all this stuff. It was just all really nice. And I almost started crying because I was like, gosh, I really haven't gotten a present in a really long time. This is so nice. (laughs) That is so sweet. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, it should be so personal. And Mm -hmm. they make them so much more special that way. Exactly. Well, I love that you didn't like uh, Topher's gift to Anne because I feel like we already know they're not going to last for five years. And I feel like when we're thinking about couples who last for five or like where is a couple in five years, (laughs) I think it's easier to talk about who is still going to be there because I don't see anyone else (laughs) except for Hector and Shirley lasting five years. Them and George Lopez and his nameless wife, they're the only (laughs) ones. His nameless wife, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They're the only ones I see lasting. We have zero context for a lot of these relationships. And a lot of them are like brand new too and already to like a rocky start. Mm-hmm. And like maybe Bradley Cooper, but still, I don't know there, but who knows? Who knows? All right, guys, welcome to Heartthrob. We just like to gush about the people in this movie. And so, Mercedes, you have to tell me, who in this movie out of this fire all-star cast would you bring home to your friends? Would you introduce to your parents? (laughs) Okay, if you were to ask 14-year-old me the first time I saw this, I would have hands down said Taylor Lautner, obviously. Yep. So, But then I'd have to hide the life-size poster I had of him in my room. Um, but with like, without a doubt him, but now it's so, it was so hard thinking of somebody for this. So I guess I'm going to go with Bradley Cooper mm. because he just seemed really kind on the plane. 
Yeah. Obviously, like, he wouldn't be someone I'm dating in the context of this movie. <laughs> but I, I mean, he seems fine. Yeah. You know, I think the only eligible person in this movie is Hector Elizondo. That's oh who gosh. I would I would bring home because he's so sweet. He's such a, I'm such an old school romantic, though, Mercedes. Like, I love their whole storyline about how they're, they're the only people that they've ever been with. Yeah. You know, he knew he loved her, like, right when he saw her. That's the kind of love I dream about that I know doesn't exist with our generation. But I feel like he is totally more my vibe. So I would totally bring him home, introduce him to every all my loved ones. <laughs> you know what's such a special detail of him in this movie that totally mm-hmm. gave me Princess Diaries flashbacks? Is that when he's shown driving, talking to his grandson, I was like, this man's always driving a car in a Gary Marshall film. Like, (laughs) he's always behind the wheel. And he's always giving advice in the car. Like, his wisdom just comes out while he's on the road. And I was like, yes, I love it. So I love this pick for you. Because he he would honestly be amazing. I can see him getting along so well with my friends and family. (laughs) I agree. And that's why why we love him. Hector Elizondo, we love you. Yes. All right, we are going to play Mary, Screw, Kill, but yes! here's the trick. We are going to play multiple rounds of this since there are so many people, and I don't want to make you choose between oh just three. All right, Mercedes, you ready? Oh, okay. I don't even know if I am. Okay. <laughs> Ashton, Topher, or Patrick? Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to marry Ashton. I'll screw Patrick, and I'm killing Topher. 100,000% agree with you. I am surprised because you are such a Topher Grace stan, so I didn't know where you were going to come with this one. You know what? I'm actually not. So I think he's really cute, and I love the cadence in which he talks, but I don't know if I'd. I don't know. I think, yeah, I would definitely. I think because you're a Tad Hamilton stan, I was like, oh, yeah. she loves Topher Grace. Yeah. More Josh Dumel. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> I mean, yeah, hello. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, okay. How about Eric Dane? Bradley Cooper or Hector Elizondo? Oh my goodness. Okay. I guess I'll I'll marry Hector. I think I'll screw Eric Dane. <laughs> and then I'll kill Bradley Cooper. Okay. Um gosh. <laughs> That's hard. That's a hard one. Yeah. Okay. I would I don't know what it is about Eric J. I think it's those eyes, man. I would marry Eric. Mm-hmm. I would marry Eric. I would screw Bradley. I would kill Hector. Although I know I just said that I would take Hector home and introduce him to all of my loved ones. But if we're, I don't know. I don't know. If we're, if we're playing this game. I... In the context of longevity of the marriage, you have to. Yes. yes, exactly. Exactly. If we're talking about just like a quick little thing, whatever. Yeah, Bradley. <laughs> and Eric. Okay. Okay. Last one. Jamie, Topher, or Bradley? Okay. I'm going to marry Bradley. Okay. Screw Jamie. Mm. Kill Topher. Sorry, mm. Topher. You're two for Interesting. two. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Mary Bradley. Screw Topher. Kill Jamie. Whoa. I know. I don't know. I love Jamie Foxx. Here comes Kendra surprising me every <laughs> single week. <laughs> I love Jamie Foxx. He can sing and play the piano to me all freaking day. I love him. Um, I don't know what it is. It just Bradley gets me, dude. He just gets me. <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't trust Bradley Cooper for a long time because the first thing I had ever seen him in was he's just not that into you. So yeah. for a long time, I was an anti-Bradley person. See, that's so funny because mine was um, the wedding. 
with Ben Spawn and Owen Wilson. Oh, <laughs> Wedding Crashers. Thank you. Why am I yeah. for, like one of my favorite movies? <laughs> Wedding Crashers. And he also plays kind of like a devious guy in there. So Yes, he does. Yeah, I think we both have trust issues when it comes to Bradley, but he is very cute, so we can't <laughs> deny that. And he made up for it in A Star is Born, so. Oh, yeah, with that tan. <laughs> he used up all the bronzer in that movie. <laughs> Before we wrap it up, we always love to bring in a pop culture moment. Yeah, so, okay, in this movie, there's a short clip of Taylor Swift getting really excited that the school is getting lattes, which I think is just a really funny. She's like, oh my god, we're getting lattes in the vending machines? Such a random <laughs> moment. I love it. And she mentions that her favorite is caramel. And then this past fall, she actually did a collab with Starbucks for the red re-release. And she uh-huh. had a coffee where you could go and order and be like, can I get Taylor's latte? And <laughs> let me tell you this order. It was a non-fat latte with four pumps of caramel. Have you ever added four pumps of anything to your coffee in a grande? This is Does not like good? a venti. This is not a trenta. No, trust me, I tried it. Oh, no. Also, non-fat. Like, I am a dairy-free girl, so this yeah. was stressful all around. It was so sweet. It, I was like, I'm going to get a cavity from this. Like, there's... <laughs> Well, I don't drink coffee, so I... But I just, <laughs> You're I safe. You. You're safe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so, Mercedes, I know that you are watching this new season of Euphoria Season 2, but yeah. just for anyone who wants to see how amazingly Eric Dane has aged, please go watch Euphoria out now, also on HBO Max. So you, you can watch Valentine's Day on HBO Fair Max morning. when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, you're, when you're done watching Valentine's Day on HBO Max, you can go watch Euphoria and see him there. <laughs> what a double feature. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but listeners, we'd love to know your thoughts about this movie. Have you seen it before? Also, what do you think about the day of Valentine's Day? Do you celebrate it by yourself with a significant other? Is it a day that you look forward to or do you loathe it? Make sure to slide to our DMs at Meet Cute. Again, I'm Kendra. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Kenten Hollywood. Yes, and I'm Mercedes. You can find me at MercedesGV11 on Twitter, IG, and TikTok. And if you're looking for new rom-coms, follow Meet Cute wherever you listen to podcasts and follow Meet Cute on socials everywhere. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next week.